Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? We are here today for episode number 70 of Timberwolves Explosion. It is Saturday, September 24th, 2011. Um, we're available on the sportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It's been a very, 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 very long time since the last show. But, <laughs> hey, for back-to-back shows... Marcus the Forecaster is on the air with me for Timberwolves Explosion. This time in episode number 70. Another milestone for this show. We had record listenership on episode number 69. That was just an absolute blast. That was a long show too. I mean, it just shows you a long show doesn't necessarily mean it's uh, unattractive to listenership. So, great to be back on board. Well, we got a list of things to talk about, of course. Well, of course, there was the draft. We're not going to go as deep into the draft as we did in previous years because we just weren't around on time. It was just been too long, of course, since then. But we'll get into it enough that it's gonna we'll be able to piece together what uh, the future holds for this club with uh, with the expected Derek Williams, the arrival of Derek Williams. Oh yes, there was a coaching change. Of course, the, all this stuff is connected. The draft, the coaching change. We'll talk about why. And, and all that good stuff. And uh, the Timberwolves finally have a head coach. Can you believe it? They finally have a head coach. It is not an best. assistant head coach. No. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. It's not an assistant who's, who's perpetrating as a, as a head coach. Yep, you had Ricky, excuse me, Randy Whitman, you had Dwayne Casey, and you had Kurt Rambis. You know, especially Kurt Rambis, like you said, right yeah. there. So that is just the biggest thing right there. We'll get right back to the coaching very shortly. But, uh, again, we apologize for being away for so long. Uh, the lockout, which is another topic today, didn't really help matters. It kind of kind of created a malaise. I mean, I hope you're still out there listening. The lockout may hurt the ratings here. And then, of course, after the lockout, we'll generally talk about the Timberwolves. We're going to do what we do best, talk Timberwolves basketball. We got, uh, you know, we got... NBA TV off in the background, you know. You know, in, in studios, they they often have stuff going on in the background. In this case, it's NBA TV Bulls and and Blazers, ninety two finals, and how fitting to be talking about our new coach when there he is over there in the bench yeah. for the Portland Trail Blazers in the NBA Finals. Yep, doing what he did best, play competitive basketball against one of the great dynasties in in NBA history. It's uh, fun to see it. It really is. He's, he's, he's just a few years younger, though. That's the unfortunate part, Rick. Right? He's about five forty. Yeah. Even though we have, a, you know, a Drexler on our team, I'm just really excited to see what you know what he can do. Yep, no Drexler, no Porter, but well, maybe, maybe we'll have something. A little bit different type of team, of course. And Kevin Love instead of Drexler is your franchise guy. Derek Williams is the one that's got me excited. Yeah, that's the one that's got me actually. He may be the franchise player. I have a sneaky feeling about that. Is that so we get into the draft? Second overall pick, we'll take Derek Williams. I think I need to uh, see a shot, um, you know, see his uh, shooting over some actual uh, defense. Because the games I've seen him in uh, during the lockout, mm-hmm. there's no defense whatsoever. They're not even trying to defend the, uh, the players. So I just want to see what he can do with uh, NBA defense. That's the yeah. I mean, that's a question coming in. Can he? Whoops. 
can he, <laughs> can he truly score in the NBA? It, it, can he be anything like he was in college? Of course, he was the player of the year in college. Cleveland Cavaliers going with potential in a guy I liked an awful lot in Kyrie Irving. I mean, we both liked him a lot, yeah. you know, a lot. Whereas Williams is the established best player in college basketball. For the first time ever, the Timberwolves got that guy. With the number, and in this case, number two overall pick, highest of all time. Um, for me personally, Derek Williams, now that we can finally, yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying that we can actually talk about him as a Timberwolf, but uh, the guy is an all-around, just uh, at least offensively, all-around superstar, I think. He has superstar potential because of his all-around game, in my opinion. that Inside, he is an absolute force. Yeah. Absolute force inside. He's got a legitimate mid-range shot, and he's got a legitimate long-range shot. I mean, they were doing all these uh, tests, like shooting tests on Derek Williams, like before the draft. It was some interesting bit they did on ESPN. It was, you know, it was related to the NBA draft, yeah. and there was a lot of science and all that interesting stuff. It's it's interesting. <laughs> to say the least. And he was like phenomenal in that test. Phenomenal. You get a guy who's 6'8 and powerful to shoot as well as he can and of course be powerful, not just be a classic finesse, wimpy powerful like we've seen oh so yeah. many of in this game. Yeah. <laughs> right? E. Jen Lin? He's, he's, he's got a lot of power, doesn't he? Uh, no. That was all. Yeah, he... Smoking mirrors. That's pretty much the story with E. Jin Lin. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's so many soft power forwards in the league. It's boring and tiring. Um, Bargnani's good, but he's just a softy, I think. Yeah. There's a million guys like that in the league. Well, seems like the whole league is soft now. It's just, it's, it's, it's become more of a, a floppers league mm-hmm. and tricking the refs into uh, giving you a foul. That's the sad part, and that's like the more we were watching, you know, stuff from the early 90s, Yeah, you see just how different the NBA was back then. And this is early 90s. It's not like early 80s. Early 90s, yeah, it's a long time ago, but it's not as long ago as, say, you know, when Larry Bird was like a rookie. I mean, it's, yeah. this looks, you know, to us, this is kind of, it almost feels recent to us. <laughs> that's just how, yeah, long we've been watching basketball, I guess, but. It's just a whole style, even down to. It's even down to the the crowd. Yeah, is is a lot different. Yep, they're not they're not as worried about texting and as worried constantly about how they look. Yeah, and who they're sitting next to. You know, people are just way too focused on image and being cool. Whereas yeah. back then, it's like, I'm a Trailblazers fan, I'm a Timberwolves fan, I'm a Bulls fan, I'm a Cavaliers fan. It's a lot more, you know, it just was a little bit different back then, wasn't it? Yeah, you were there <laughs> to support your team, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, yeah, not worry about being seen. Yeah. That's what a lot of people are about being seen these days. Uh, and we know there's a lot of us, well, I'll say us, you know, th- those of you out there, I mean, a lot of you that are listening right now are part of part of what we are, true fans that still exist. Yeah. Uh, we're worried about the success of the team and the team playing with, you know, uh, with everything, playing with a lot of passion and flat out getting the job done without necessarily worrying only about how much how much the player makes all the time. Yeah, to me it seems like the fans back then were more like uh, 
soccer fans. Yeah, way more. Those soccer fans are really into it, folks. <laughs> like back in those days in the 80s, and I know we're digressing, but just, that's just kind of what we do sometimes in Iran. I mean, we, we love basketball so much, we like yeah. to kind of... We like to kind of wander a little bit, so bear with us. Maybe that's why you listen. Record numbers last show, but um, now what were they saying? <laughs> okay, sorry, friends. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that, everybody. And uh, it's in the '80s, the 19. The, excuse me, in the '80s when the Celtics won the championship, the fans were able to just literally go onto the court. I don't know if you remember seeing those old yeah, footage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Celtics fans would just burst onto the court. Uh, it was a different time back then. And it, I mean, the reason why they don't do it now, they're afraid of people getting killed or trampled, and I understand mm-hmm. that. But Or uh, Jermaine O'Neal or rocket punching you in the face. <laughs> rocket punching you in the face, doing that slide punch. And, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever said this on Timberwolves Explosion, but, you know, me and Marcus have seen an awful lot of things over the years watching basketball, and the infamous Indiana Pacers melee into the Detroit Pistons uh, yeah. crowd. We saw it L-I-V-E. We saw it live, folks. We were there, like not in person, but we saw it on live television that night. And we were in stone silence thinking, like, this is some kind of... This yeah. is this is <laughs> WF, it's scripted, it's just made up. You know, we were almost kind of thinking that way. But obviously the NBA isn't necessarily that way, is it? <laughs> it was historic, wasn't it? It's yeah, well, <laughs> it's a historic event. Oh, just funny every, just, especially that Jermaine O'Neal punch. Mm-hmm. That was the best part. The fact I go on the court going, "What's up, Blue?" You know, he just got <laughs> just out of nowhere. <laughs> that was awesome. All and right. Jermaine, o- Jermaine O'Neal. Um, I uh, speaking of him, I thought he was done. Yeah, Boston Celtics. Yeah, but I thought he was done, and I, he he did a little bit. So I kind of I kind of feel good about that. Yeah, he was on the Celtics last year, believe it or not, with Shaquille O'Neal, who will be... I don't know, we didn't talk about this on the last show. Well, three seconds. I know, it's kind of general NBA. We're just still wandering. I'm sorry, guys. It's fun. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal is now a member of the best television yep, cast in NBA history with TNT. I can't wait. Oh, my I God. I can't wait. Especially can't for wait. the first... Uh, Lakers game. Oh, yeah. I just want to hear what he says about Kobe. Yeah. I can't wait for that. You can't win without me. Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, that was uh I, I can't wait for that. Uh, Isn't that going to be great? And the Heat. I want to see what, what he has to say about the Heat. That's going to be interesting, too. Yeah, I know for sure he's going to say something about, uh, well, everyone knows he might have a few uh, swipes at uh, Dwight, but I want to know what he has to say about uh, uh, Robin Lopez. Hmm. The Suns? Yeah, because I know before he was saying that he was soft. Oh, Robin, Robin? Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I think Robin uh, sets it up a little bit. So I wanna, I'm interested in seeing what uh, Shaq has to say about, uh, about Lopez. It's going to be fascinating. I mean, when you read Shaquille O'Neal's book, you just you see just what a personality this guy has. And it's the same <laughs> just awesome personality you see in front of the television. And, uh, man, it's going to be fun. It's yeah. He is the most... I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to say it right here. Episode 70, September, what is it, 23rd? 24th, excuse me. Shaquille O'Neal is the most entertaining NBA player of all time, in my opinion. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he's the funniest. He he's is. definitely the funniest. He's so entertaining. But as, oh. as far as entertainment, I'll have to go uh, 
It's a toss-up between him and Rodman. Oh, yeah. Yep, we can't forget Rodman with the Bulls, obviously, especially with the Bulls. But Yeah, honestly, oh, for me, cool. the Bulls are so good that I knew they were going to win, but I watched just to see what Rodman was going to do. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You watched just to see what Rodman's going to do. Yeah. He was hilarious. I mean, the way he dived, like, he would dive horizontally after the ball. Oh, yeah. You he, never he saw that. He was a beast. He was a beast. Yeah. He'd be, and like, the, with his <laughs> mind games. Yeah, Especially against our morning. Yep. Greatest ever. It's okay, Zoe. Pat him on the butt. And then he just stand <laughs> sideways. Wait, oh, everybody else is standing, looking towards the, you know, the other side, I guess, yeah, of the lane. Yeah, for a free throw. Yeah, and then Rahman's just looking in Morning's direction instead. He's <laughs> just with his hands folded like some... Yeah, and I remember uh, reading Morning Lips saying, uh, you're a sick MF. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and, and yeah, you could see it. Yeah. Yeah, and there was something... See, this... Yeah, that was a... That was one incident. Whereas the other, another one, he he, he pats Zoe on the back, butt, going, "It's okay, Zoe." And then Zoe kind of like, kind of like motion, like, "Get out of here!" And he went, "It's okay, Zoe." And then he went, yeah! probably f bomb or something, like swung, almost swung at him. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> the the Malone part was the best ever, though. Oh yeah. Boy, are we digressing? I'm sorry. The tripping. YouTube. Those of you out there, maybe too young to remember NBA Finals. Bulls and Jazz. I'm not sure if it was 97 or 98. I think 97. Rodman tripped Malone three times yeah. in a row. And no follows called. It was just, it's just awesome. It's like, oh, they just tangled up. It's like, yeah, right. They didn't tangle up. <laughs> and hopefully, I, I want I want Kevin Love to be the next Rodman. Wouldn't that be something? I want that. Mm-hmm. If only his defense could get good like Rodman's. Oh. Well, if anyone's seen him, if anyone listening has seen Love... He lost a lot of weight, mm-hmm. a lot of weight, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of worried about him not being able to play a center because of that, and not boxing out. That's a because I know he was always like a wide dude, mm-hmm. and without much muscle tone, that's for sure. Yeah, so the weight, yep. you know, weight helped him. Mm-hmm. Now he lost all that weight, and right now he should be building muscle to make up for that. I hope so. I, that's the biggest thing, too, coming in from the lockout. I guess, yeah, because we're just bouncing around. It's okay. Um, biggest thing coming in from the lockout with most guys is you're going to get uh, a lot, a wide range of different results from everybody in the league. Yeah, conditioning Some, yep. and none at all. <laughs> exactly. Some guys are going to come in, like, better than ever. Just unbelievable. Yeah. Some guys, like Sean Kemp, all at Sean Kemp, 1999. Yeah. Who showed up with this big smile on his face, like this is like 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 this is funny, you know? This is hilarious. This is cool. About forty or fifty pounds heavier than normal at the time yeah. of the Cleveland Cavaliers at the time. Oh, and they were only paying him like fifteen million a year. That's okay. It's not that bad. <laughs> he had this big smile. So he's like, "Hi, hello, how, how are you?" You know, like they're in the newspaper, just <laughs> a nice gut. I mean, he was enormous. I mean, Cleveland fans probably wanted to like to. I feel so bad for Cleveland fans, by the way. I mean, think about what they've been through. Except for the stupid number one pick. Thanks very much. Since we're still on the draft conversation. <laughs> we'll get back to it. I'm sorry, guys. This is classic Timberwolves explosion. But, um, yeah. Stupid, stupid, stupid Sean Kemp. And, yeah, that's the thing coming in from the lockout. We'll get back to that in a little bit. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm glad to see uh, Williams and uh, Beasley. Well, Williams, Beasley... Uh, I know um, Wesley Johnson is a uh, training. Yes, 
Mm. Uh, I'm glad uh, Beasley's doing some some work. It looks like uh, his shot is uh, better than ever. Beasley? Yeah, his shot's still good. Um, it looks like his handling is a little bit better mm-hmm. in, in the uh, games I've seen. But again, these are games where there's no defense. Yeah, you know? and that's kind of been Beasley. That's just kind of who he is, I think, at this point. I mean, maybe it'll change, but yeah. I'm very uh, skeptical on Beasley ever really becoming better than a glorified sixth man. I hate to say it, too. Actually, I think he, Maybe he will be... Uh, so, I think the the games I saw Williams in, okay, if you're playing a game with no defense, mm-hmm. then you should dominate. Oh, yeah. You should make most, most of your shots. Especially him. Yep. But the, the, the games I've seen Williams play, it's been either uh, alley-oops or putbacks. And that's, that's unfortunate. It. Yeah. yeah, that's just hustle points. You know, yeah. we we love hustle points, but it doesn't make you a franchise player. Yeah, he gets mm. scores off of pick and rolls and mm. alley oops. But as Beasley, he's scoring by himself. He's creating his own shot. That's the one thing he's got for him. He's a natural scorer. Yeah. So if if Williams is say the starter, he's not going to create his own shot. He's going to get shots off of uh, Rubio uh, alley oops or putbacks. And so we hope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at, at least in terms of Rubio doing that. Yeah, getting him there, getting the alley-oops and setting him up. Yeah, so be we're definitely going to need scoring coming from other uh, spots. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if Williams is the uh, the uh, starter. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's the other thing, too. We got three three forwards, at least, yeah, at least three guys that are going to play the three or four position. All three, you'd want to say, should be starting. you got the number two overall pick. Of course, Derek Williams. You got Kevin Love, who's the best player on the team, and you got Michael Beasley, who, regardless of you think of him, he is a twenty-point plus guy. Twenty point to twenty-five, twenty to twenty-five a game. Yeah. Um, and by the way, he didn't break his wrist either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was that rumor about he broke his wrist in China. Not apparently not true. So that's good. Um, but. Well, anything else you want to add to that? Or no. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so now we can. So we're gonna kind of sort of stay on the draft thing here. We pretty much talked enough about Williams, right? Yeah. Pretty much set with Williams. So, yeah, the Wolves had the, what was it? See, now it gets funny. The, this is where it gets just a little weird. The Wolves had a uh, 20th pick in the first round. But then the Houston Rockets and the Wolves put together a deal. Johnny Flynn, the worst player on the Timberwolves. And okay, well, basically... <laughs> the worst player of the guys that actually yeah. did play. Hit the road, Jack. Hit the road, Jack, and hit the road to Houston. Houston, Texas. Johnny Flynn is going to Houston with that 20th pick for Brad Miller. And was it the 23rd or 24th? Now I can't remember the exact number. And Cash. Now here's where we kind of slowly start to lead into the coaching change. But we'll we'll get to it. Oh, we'll get to it. we got a couple more uh, things to we got a couple more dots to connect. Yes. <laughs> Because notice there's a theme to the word cash in these trades, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) As we got the bag here opened up, it's opened up, and we're not going to close the bag. We're going to leave it open because the terminal is straight down again to the 28th pick. (laughs) For, yeah, the 28th pick and cash. That's right. The Wolves uh, traded down for the 28th pick and cash. So that's, that's, that's the third time. Or... And then, here we go. Here it comes. Here comes the pick. Here we go. Who are we going to get in the first round? Uh, I forget who was available. Brooks. That's who we wanted. Marshawn Brooks. Yeah. 
Well, we passed on him at 20. We passed on him at 24. What the? What the flying Flip Saunders? Okay, you know what I was going to say. You can get the idea. Everybody knows yeah, it. I figure he's still there. Brooks is still there. Marshawn Brooks. get him. We were in love with him. Wonderful. Rainbow shot. Boston Celtics take him with a 25th, 26th, I think, and then moved him to New Jersey. Good for them. We're happy for him. But then the, well, there were the other guys there that we liked. Um, <laughs> then we trade down, we trade to Miami. Yes, we made a trade to Miami for the uh, top pick in the second round, meaning we were going to get our pick back from the Miami Heat, which we used to get to Michael Beasley. Yeah. And cash. That's right, cash. Did you notice I said cash again? Yeah, I did. But then we traded that pick back, right back to Miami again, I believe, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we took that yeah. point guard. I forget his name exactly. We traded him. We traded it right back to Miami, which is really funny. And more cash. That's right. And we ended up finally taking Malcolm Lee, I believe it was a 37th overall. Um, yeah, I don't have it in front of me, but... Yeah, it was 37. Uh, Malcolm Lee, shooting guard out of uh, UCLA. Some people like him. We'll see. I mean, I believe he's a defensive specialist and a slasher. Hmm. Shooting, there's your shooting guard, I guess. Uh, Maybe not your starting shooting guard, but something to at least take a flyer on from the UCLA Bruins. But did you notice how many times I said cash? Yeah. I said cash a lot, didn't I? You did. And so did the Wolves, didn't they? They did. (laughs) To the tune, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for the amount of money the Wolves uh, piled up in this bag that I'm holding? I don't think they're ready. Yeah? I don't think they're ready. They're ready for what? They're ready They're ready to know? No, I don't think they're ready either, are they? Well, yes, the Timberwolves did lose $20 million or more the last at least three years. Some people say the last five years. Sid Harmon said that up to the last five years. That's a lot of money gone. That's $100 million hmm. right there. Literally, like, lost. It's failed, right? So a minimum of 60 to $100 plus. The Wolves have lost the last three to five years. So there's four million bucks. Because, well, okay, I've already spoiled it. God almighty. Okay. (laughs) David Kahn signed Kurt Rambis. There we go. So I guess I didn't spoil it too much. You kind of knew who I was leading towards anyway. To a a four-year deal, four million per. An unproven head coach. That's Shaquille O'Neal in his book. Remember when Kurt Rambis took over for the fired uh, Dale Harris for the LA Lakers in 99, the lockout season, the 50-game lockout season. They fired Dale Harris. They promote Kurt Rambis to interim head coach. Shaquille O'Neal, in his book, straight up called Kurt Rambis a phony. A phony. Yeah. He called him a f- he, he called him phony-ass Kurt Rambis. He, he loved him as an assistant, but then he's like, oh, Kurt Rambis changed and became a, a hard-ass. Gee, that sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it? He didn't change every 11 years, did he? No, he didn't. <laughs> a fantastic assistant coach. According is to Kevin Love. According yeah. to Kevin Love, yeah. Well, and, and you could just tell, too. Like, in, in his interviews on the phone on the Paul Allen Show and KFAN, he was on very cantankerous um, at times, not all the time. Uh, when the Wolves acquired Darko Milicic for Brian Cardinal. Remember, I don't know if you remember how cantankerous he was during that interview. Just because, for whatever reason, obviously the Wolves lost the game to Washington. I have an amazing memory, folks. I did not look that up. I flat out remember we played Washington that night. <laughs> and uh, they said, so when was this trade? Uh, 
I can't think of the word, but when was this trade, you know, con- concluded, whatever, when did they get it done? He's like, wow, we were here! You know, just flipping out, really cantankerous. Um, and I, I truly believe he was like that with the players pretty much every day. I know losing does that to you. It makes you grumpy and frustrated and impatient. But to basically say this assistant coach is, or excuse me, yeah, might as well be an assistant. But this head coach is a patient man is a lie, I think. Does Karamas seem like a patient person? No, he did I never got that, <laughs> that uh, vibe from him. No. Just stubborn. Not patient, but stubborn. Like, this is what we're going to do. End of story. Period. Like, I know what I'm doing. I played for the 80s Lakers. but <laughs> Yeah, and you can't be like that with <laughs> no. a team, especially with BZ on the team. You know, yeah. a team of uh, young players, mm-hmm. you know. Phil Jackson wasn't like that. I mean, he really wasn't. I mean, yeah, Phil Jackson won a championship as a New York Knick, which is amazing. Yeah. How many rings that son of a gun has. Phil Jackson. He's got 12 at least. Uh, yeah, he won one with the Knicks way, way, way back. And then 11 with the Bulls and Lakers. <laughs> Luckily. Yeah. No, go ahead. That's how Vatu would be better off if he, if he, you know, as a veteran player on the team. Mm-hmm. If he had yeah. that type of Vatu. Yeah, maybe bring him bring him somebody who's a veteran. You know, maybe maybe you wound up with Tony Kukoc or something years later. You know, maybe he's not a jerk about it either. He probably wouldn't be. But Kuremis was. <laughs> Well, actually, even that. Actually, it's just better to have a more of a stern hand coming from a veteran player mm-hmm. who, who I think the uh, younger players would uh, respect more mm-hmm. instead of that coming from a coach. Mm-hmm. Have that come from a yeah, really? I mean, because if it comes from the coach, it just kind of it just it sends a message you probably don't want, especially with young players with a current with a current player. Okay, that's probably a, a little better scenario. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to think it is. <sighs> Karamis would have made a nice, is a nice assistant coach anywhere because it's it's kind of more like he's a former player rather than a head coach when he's an assistant. You kind of get that former player vibe, like from Bill Lane Beer, Reggie Theus, guys like that that were assistants with his coaching staff. Um, but really, Kurt Ramis, there you go, four million a year given to Kurt Ramis. I mean, you, you think about that, you wonder what was Khan. Yeah, that was a complete waste of money. Actually, even wow. I was fooled because I That's thought a that lot of money. he'd bring a little dash of Phil's magic over here. Mm-hmm. But a little bit of Pat Riley from the Lakers too. Yep, the the other Lakers. Uh, none of it. None. None of it. Uh, but it didn't resemble a triangle, and even if it did, this isn't a team built for for that type of offense. Yeah. You need veterans. One, you need veterans. Two, you need spot-up shooters like John Paxson, Derek Fisher, yeah. <laughs> Robert Ory, Devin George. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to name all the Craig Hodges. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a million spot-up, like, clutch three-point shooting type guys. You know, Rob, uh, Rick Fox, how could I forget? That son of a gun hit so yeah. many threes. The only thing that we had resembling the Lakers team or or, par- or a bit of the Bulls, Bulls yep. is, is love and the rebounding. That, yeah, and that, <laughs> that's that was about it. it. <laughs> yeah, not certainly not defense either. Yeah, <laughs> no, certainly no yeah, defense yeah, either. Defense. Forget about it. Because I mean, Pat Riley. Excuse me. Yeah, Pat Riley's teams were really defensive minded. Phil Jackson's teams were above average defensively, especially while the Bulls were phenomenal. Oh, there's that guy. There's a 46 year old guy in '92 who's going to be coaching this team in the background with his mustache. <laughs> uh, he's got more of a Santa Claus beard the last several years, but. Um, I'm digressing again. Uh, 
But no, I mean, you didn't have shooting specialists, and the other major, major missing part you, you, uh, on this team for the triangle, you need an excellent small forward or shooting guard to lead the offense, not a point guard. Flat out, no point guard were on the Bulls and Lakers. Uh, you, Paxson and Armstrong were point guards, but they didn't really play like the stereotypical NBA point guard. They were more of a, you know, kind of a quick passing and shooting type of player rather than a bring the ball up the court type point guard. You know, it's, uh, I don't know what, excuse me, I don't know what David Kahn is doing. It's like he managed the team to play a certain way and brought in a coach to play the opposite way. Yeah. It's yeah, that made, made no sense. And what happens when the wind goes north one time and south the other way at the same time? What what <laughs> what forms? A very serious storm we call a tornado. <laughs> it's not good, you know. It just didn't work um, at all, did it? It just did not work. Uh, of course, Kurt Rambis also if, as uh, went as far as uh, the reports go as far as to say that Kurt Rambis flat out didn't even respect David Kahn's basketball acumen. Like, yeah, this guy is just a moron anyway. Yeah. So you have that situation going on. It's like, ooh, you can't win. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You can't. Who heard of a uh, of an employee coming in and telling the boss he doesn't respect him? Mm-hmm. Basically, I mean, <laughs> he, he may or may not have actually told it to him, but the message was sent more yeah. than probably several times. Yeah. Like, okay, whatever. You know, he probably just blew him off. Like this guy's a moron. You know, probably. I mean, I'm sure Kurt Rambis seems like the type that would just walk right past the guy. You know, say somebody's talking to him, trying to give him instructions. I bet, I bet Kurt Rambis seems like the type of person he just walked right past him. Doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he does. I'm sure the new guy would do the same, but at least the new guy, the new guy has enough basketball acumen that he could manage this organization, and everybody in the organization knows that. But really quick before I mention his name... <laughs> Um, yeah, the $4 million, of course, acquired in the draft helps pay at least one of the two years remaining on Kurt Rambis. Kurt Rambis is a two-year contract, so but still $4 million a year. That is an immense salary for a head coach. Very, very high. Uh, I guess he needed that much money to get him out of L.A. Ooh. <laughs> uh, the funny part is, with that team, I bet Kurt Rambis would be a better replacement than Mike Brown. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about the Lakers yeah. hiring Mike Brown. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I, I, I don't think Kobe, I don't think anybody's excited about that. Do you, do you like that move at all? No, I, I think that was a slap in the face to uh, Kobe. It's got to be. For them not to uh, talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. They bring Yeah, they didn't even ask him. They bring in a guy who failed with LeBron. You could say whatever you want about how bad LeBron was in the postseason. And all that stuff, and of course he's been bad in the postseason. Um, but it's <laughs> Mike Brown didn't exactly wasn't exactly a success either. He really wasn't, and he, he didn't really make the Cavaliers better. They already had a lot of talent, in my opinion. He might be better than some people believe, but still, I don't think the Lakers win another championship with the current. I, yeah, I, I don't think, think so. Done. The chances are they. they I think. Um, that season was their their last chance of uh, winning another championship. Probably, I mean, they're thinking, okay, there it is, number twelve for Phil Jackson, and then off in the sun. The sun uh, what do they call that? Sunset in Montana for old Phil. Um, Kobe Bryant made a very interesting statement. I forget 
the All-Star game was in L.A. this last year, wasn't it? And he basically said, yeah, this will, this will be my last All-Star game in L.A. So it's like that's a clear indicator. Obviously, the, I don't think they're going to have the All-Star game in L.A. anytime soon just because you don't just go back to the same city over and over again. you got to be fair. But at the same time, the way he said it, it almost kind of had a little hint of, I'm not going to be around that much longer. Yeah. It yeah. was a little bit cryptic, like... I don't know how much longer I'm going to play. It was kind of like that. Not necessarily I'm done, but I will be done soon. Yeah, yeah LA is going to have to make some big uh, decisions about uh, what they're going to do with buying them. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep, there's that topic we got to do in 69, episode 69. We'll go ahead. Yeah, Odom. <laughs> Buy them, yeah. yeah. And Fisher. Yeah, the Lakers are going to be making huge changes. and uh, as we Go ahead. I want Fisher to be on the Wolves. <laughs> oh, that, that'll be interesting. That will be very interesting. We ooh, let's probably get back to that in a little bit. The team right. stuff, yeah. So we don't digress too much. But we'll we'll get back to that. We'll get back to that because uh, heck, you know, at, when we get into the lockout and general team stuff, we're going to talk about uh, you know, there's going to be a major free agent window coming, and it's going to be fun to watch. It is going to be fun to watch. But with that, though, any anything else you want to say about Kurt Rambis? Oh, he departed. I'm just glad that he's gone. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad he's gone too. How does he succeed in whatever uh, he's doing? Whatever path he takes in the future, will it be go? He go back to L.A. Who knows? I bet you Mike Brown would be a little paranoid about that. But then again, maybe he shouldn't be too paranoid because Karamas failed to win it, to win twenty games in two in the two years time two years he was in Minnesota. So good luck to Karamas, and uh, again, glad he's gone. I think the upgrade was immense. I really do. So here he is, ladies and gentlemen, your new head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves was the number one guy on our list, and probably should have been the number one guy on the Lakers list, considering the veterans they had on that team. Why not bring in an aging coach who still hasn't won a title with an aging team that would like to win another title, or two or three? Ladies and gentlemen, we would like to introduce the new head coach of the Timberwolves, Rick Adelman. That's right. Rick Edelman, I, I thought it was dead and gone, you know, when he's like, I don't even want to coach this year anyway. And um, I thought that was it. A lot of us thought it could be, there he is back there again, <laughs> but it could be Don Nelson. I mean, Don Don Nelson interested you, didn't he, a little bit? Yeah. Don Nelson, I, I think he would have, uh, if he was younger, it would have worked. Yeah. But, but not right now. It's the famous quote that I wanted to say about the Lakers and about... Don Nelson, a famous quote that you said uh, last year about the Wolves getting Ty Lawson. You said, I think, <laughs> you said, I think that ship has sailed. And, um, yeah, I think the Lakers' ship has sailed. And, yeah. unfortunately, Don Nelson, I think his ship has sailed, too. Uh, honestly, it's like, it was it was kind of fun and intriguing. Yeah. But, he said, for one, he's 71. Second, Golden State was a disaster when he went back there again. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, well, maybe not a complete disaster. I shouldn't say that. Uh, his very first year there, it was phenomenal. He took out Dallas in the first round. Great upset. But then after that, it was like a disaster. Just a complete, it was a joke. Yeah, plus I don't think he would be able to handle the stress of uh, losing because I don't doubt we would win off right off the back. It's going to take a little time, even with the immense talent on the roster. Yeah, him traveling, mm-hmm. you know. He's, he's an old guy. the game, yeah. So I yeah. think the whole season, plus... Um, 
I don't think we would have wanted to sign him for a one year contract, and mm-hmm. he would have two or three. Want, yeah, he wouldn't want that. Yeah, he'd want more. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure the traveling and everything would have would have you know got to gotten to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been interesting. It would have. Um, Mike Woodson, a guy we knew they weren't going to hire, and then he wound up going to be an assistant with the Knicks. He's a defensive specialist, and the Hawks' defense wasn't that good when he was there. So I don't know how to go with that one. Um, then you also had Sam Mitchell, which was, very, I think, a very exciting thought. That would have been my number two choice behind uh, Rick Edelman, honestly. Coach of the year with the Toronto Raptors. He's a, he can get a little bit, uh, he can get a little temper-laden at times, but... <laughs> He's only 48. That's that's young for a coach. That would have been kind of cool to see yeah. him here. Would you have liked that, Sam yeah. Mitchell? Wouldn't mind that. Yeah, former player. I don't know. Do you remember him as a player yeah, here? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, he was fantastic. He was just... Every time Sam Mitchell was on the court, the Minnesota Timberwolves play, the Timberwolves IQ went up about 20 points per player. I mean, every time he was on the court, the team played so much smarter. It, it was a really cool thing to watch. So, again, that's a guy who would have been a pretty cool addition, I think, to this uh, Timberwolves coaching lore. The other guys were Larry Brown. Uh, Larry Brown was one. Immediately I dismissed that, like, why are you wasting our even, why are you even <laughs> wasting your own time? Why would you even consider that? The guy is nuts. Larry Brown is a psychological disaster. And you're going to bring that guy into this organization? Are you kidding yeah, me? I, I, I don't really take that <laughs> that one seriously. No. When I heard that, I was like, we can't be talking to Mike Brown, really? There's just no way. Uh, Mike Brown, uh, Larry Brown. Did yeah. I say Mike Brown? Did I say Larry? No. Actually, okay, Larry I, Brown. I'm thinking of two different guys at once. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I know why. There's there's a coach. Yeah. It's because Mike Brown, we were talking about him for a while. Yeah. Uh, Larry Brown. I might have said Larry. I don't know. Not or Mike. I, I have no idea. <laughs> You know, who, yeah, who I don't knows? Know you're talking about, though. I know who you're talking about. Who knows? Who who knows? Right? <laughs> Larry Brown um, bombed with the Knicks, absolutely bombed, uh, and then bombed with the Bobcats. Yeah. Well, we got them to the playoffs one year, but they got doused, you know, in the hey, first round. Maybe you could have uh, talked to Iverson into coming here. Hey, there you go. There's a shooting guard. <laughs> Iverson, that guy is like one. You know, one charging call away from being like basically in a wheelchair. I think Iverson. I, I kind of have a feeling he's at that point physically. Um, oh yeah, he's got to be. Yeah, he's close. He he never put muscle on that body ever in his whole career. Barkley warned him about it many years ago. He never did anything about it. Yeah, his style of yeah. play. You know, he yeah. just you know t- took charges, attacked, attacked, yeah. attacked, attacked, yeah. attacked, attacked. <laughs> yeah. He didn't care how much he got hit, even though he weighed like 170 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Broken bones. Yeah, that guy was a... He's a, he's a warrior. Mm-hmm. He was. I mean, regardless of, you know, maybe his selfish style of play and kind of his attitude at times, hey, he did play hard. There's no doubt. He yeah. did. You, you got your money's worth with the guy, at least in yeah. terms of effort. Yeah, like me. Uh, I'm not a huge Kobe fan, but I can't deny his talent. Yeah. yeah. The guy is a... He's the biggest winner in the league right now. I know the last, since about 2000-ish, he's the biggest winner in the game. No doubt about it. And, boy, we like to digress. But that's okay. It's basketball. We love yeah. it, and we know you guys love it, too. At least you better. Yeah, we're not <laughs> talking about uh, cooking recipes or anything like that, you know. Well, speaking of which, the butter. You mix the butter in with the, the sweet, sweet butter and add some salt. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Milk. In the milk. Christopher Walken. Churn the butter. 
lots of milk. Turn the turn the cream cream into butter. You turn the butter back into cream. Mouse will drown. Okay, sorry. <laughs> that's a that's a bit from Catch Me If You Can. Okay, I'm sorry. You guys probably think I'm crazy. <laughs> sorry, we had to do that. I'll do a whole show in his voice. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin uh, Love. Kevin Love is great. <laughs> sorry, guys. We can't help it. We can't help it. When we get going, we get going. You should hear us off the mic sometime. Uh, yeah, we're going to have some nice outtakes for you someday. We, we do have outtakes recorded, so... That's a little indicator for the future. Possibly I'll post it on YouTube or something. <laughs> Rick Adelman, what's going to happen with the rotation? See, now you got Al Pacino asking questions about the wolves. <laughs> okay, now we're going to really... What are we going to do with Michael Beasley and Derek Williams? You got a problem with the the way these players play. They play the same position. They do the same thing over and over again. Okay. There's not enough time. <laughs> there really isn't. There's not enough minutes. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get arrested. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> oh man, oh, that was awesome. I hope you guys like that. I really do. That's fun. <laughs> you can't breathe right now. I'm laughing. <laughs> Oh, okay. But, uh, so with Rick Edelman in with the Wolves. Okay, we're finally getting to it. I hope you guys, yeah, forgive us. Rick Edelman is the Wolves coach, and we're, we're thrilled about it. We're honestly thrilled about it. He's the guy we always wanted ever since they talked about, okay, sorry, ever since his name got brought up in passing. Um, it's like, then all of a sudden, like, the light bulb went off. It's like, yeah, Rick Edelman, why didn't we think about him sooner? Yeah. I mean, wow, where, where did that come from? We were all pissed off that, yeah, Dwayne Casey's gone. Great. That sucks. Yeah, I thought uh, Nelson was like, at the, like, as good as, good as it was going to get. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, because then it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, Rick Edelman sounds great, but uh, it's a pipe dream. Yeah. Well, there's no way. That has to be fake rumor. Yep, there's no way. It's one of those deals you thought it just, there isn't anything going to happen. And, <laughs> but then it just, you know, uh, people on Twitter were telling me, hey, don't sleep on Edelman yet. Don't sleep on Edelman yet. I mean, this is something that could still happen. And it's like, really? You, really? Well, and it's like, okay, but I highly doubt it. I think it's between Mitchell and Nelson. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, Rick Edelman's finally coming for an interview. And it's like, wait, he is? Or, but then they're like, oh, no, it was just over the phone. It's like, oh. Yeah, just like the... Uh you know, like the KG uh, commercial, we, we've been fooled way too many times to we fools. Yep. get our hopes up for getting Adamant. So we're kind of like, you know, uh, maybe, uh, no, I'm not going to go think about it because if we don't get them, I'm going to be mad, you know. Yeah, we don't want to get disappointed. We've been disappointed too much. Yeah, then we're stuck with Larry. Oh, you know? no, don't say that word. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, Larry Brown. I mean, if that succeeded, then no, it wouldn't. There's no way that would have yeah. succeeded, is there? But it's, it's like being no. a fan of the Wolves. It's like okay, since like since Larry' name was even put in, yeah. we're like we're getting Larry. We yeah. just know it. We're, we're getting Larry. It's like there's no reason why we should have put yeah. him in, but then they did. So yeah, we're oh. the Wolves. You know, we're yeah. gonna get Larry. Yeah, like we're gonna take the we're gonna trade OJ Mayo for a slow, kind of pudgy white guy named Kevin Love. But then that got it. That actually worked out. Oh. Yeah. That's one of those rare ones where it actually worked out. 
that was amazing what happened in that trade. But um, sometimes you get lucky. Uh, with Larry Brown, there was no way the Wolves would have got lucky. Um, oh, and by the way, the other Wolves coaching candidate was Terry Porter. That kind of went away right away. And mm, he didn't really have much success. He, he failed as the Suns coach was fired after one year. Hmm. Or was it one and a half? I mean, that was very quick. He didn't last long in uh, Phoenix. Um, <laughs> he, was, he was a good coach of the Bucks, and not the uh, Suns. Definitely not. That was a that bad deal. So with Rick Edelman in the helm, instant credibility brought to the organization. Yes. Yes. Instant. And I can't believe we're actually able to say that. Can you? Yeah, and even he's... What makes it even better is he's making uh, decisions. Yeah. He's like going to... Bigger decisions as, as far as... Uh, you know, our assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a bigger... He, we've never had a coach like Rick Adelman in this organization. Yeah. Never. And I think I think uh, Adelman had to have told uh, Taylor, like, look, if I come here, I'm not dealing with uh, the sports writer. The con master. Yeah, the sports writer that Rick Adelman yeah. and David Kahn, well, they were associated in, in Portland, Oregon. And um, there's all kinds of rumors on Yahoo. Was it Wojnowski? One of the better writers, Wojnowski. The guy around here you usually hear about is John Krasinski. He's pretty darn good. Minnesota sports writer for Yahoo Sports, which I swear by. I, I swear by Yahoo Sports as well as Real GM. Um, but uh, Wojnowski, okay, I hope I'm saying his name right, Wojnowski, uh, was basically saying Adelman hates, basically hates David Kahn. Just can't stand him and for one, it's like there's no way he'd ever come to Minnesota, and if he did, it's like um, there's no way either either that it's not going to work, or basically that Khan's as good as fired right away. Yeah. So, but then you get other stories in the Star Tribune and such, pretty much diffusing it, saying, "Well, look at all the columns that because they well basically the reason why they said Adelman hates Khan is that Khan would write these very critical columns about Rick Adelman." But then Star Tribune, I mean, regardless of how you feel about Star Tribune, or um, I'm going to take them by their word at this point in time because I'm no, you know, I don't really have access to 1989 newspapers. <laughs> so I can't really get to it right now. But um, in the newspaper, Star Tribune, uh, Jerry Zgoda, who's fantastic in my opinion, and other writers along with the Star Tribune that helped him out with it, came up with columns from 1989. When uh, David Kahn would mention Rick Adelman, well, the, his first ever quote about him in the newspaper, not quote, but uh, bill blip about Rick Adelman in the newspaper was, the Blazers should come to their senses and hire Rick Adelman, or should do something smart for once. It was something along those lines, I'm paraphrasing it. They should hire Rick Adelman. That was when Rick was like a interim filling in, or yeah, take for a fired coach at the time in the late 80s, of course, 89 saying they need to hire Rick Adelman. So I don't know if that's very critical of Rick Adelman. Yeah. Basically, um, David Kahn cut open a new one for the Portland Trailblazers management, though. That's basically where he was critical. He just sliced that the Portland Trailblazers management up, basically saying they hired people for positions that they're, well, they're really, they're really intelligent people, like they're really smart with computers in one area, and the other guy is really smart with business or something like that, and they hired him for basketball positions. And he's like, 
why basically he said to begin to paraphrase what in the holy hell are they thinking putting in a computer expert or something to manage a basketball team you know it's like what are you doing that's like <laughs> that's like having that's like having a water water biologist or something go in to XL Energy Center to, to manage the, you know to manage the, the, the company and it's like really or a sports writer or a sports writer to manage the Minnesota Timberwolves, <laughs> which I could tell you were getting ready for that lead-in. Yep, yep. I was that was the point I was leading towards. <laughs> um, so David Kahn, a little bit. It's kind of funny. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I mean, yeah, David Kahn was is, is a is a great writer. Yes, he is. He's a great writer. You read the articles. He's extremely intelligent speaker and writer, but. Did they hire the right guy to manage the team? I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, I could, I, I should go right on Timberwolves Press, and I, I could be the 2011 David <laughs> Kahn writing about yeah. they, writing about the Timberwolves management and that they shouldn't do their senses and hire Rick Allen. <laughs> yeah. So 20 years later, I'm, I'm YouTube, David Kahn. You know? So that means in about 20 years, I will be running the Timberwolves. There it is. And I will be talking like this, saying that um, now... Johnny and Ricky. No, okay, sorry. <laughs> Little Kevin. <laughs> okay. Uh, and Mana. And Mana. Now, I mean, one thing, I think a sports writer is more qualified to run a team than, say, a computer expert or something, which is, you know, well, that was really bad. But still, or it's, David Kahn is kind of hypocritical there. It's not yeah. like he grew up, like, it's not like Chuck Fletcher of the Minnesota Wild. You know, you get, and that's debatable how good he is. But his father was the general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> or actually, I don't know if it was the Penguins, but I forget who it was. Um, in fact, I believe, yes, he is the manager, that was was and still is the manager of the, Clip, the Pittsburgh Penguins, Cliff Fletcher. So Chuck Fletcher was the assistant general manager of the Penguins. He ends up coming to Minnesota. So basically, it's in his blood to be a general manager of a franchise. David Kahn, it's not so much. So it's funny the kind of the hip- hypocrisy there a little bit is hilarious. Yeah, it's just a little <laughs> bit funny, isn't it? <laughs> and now we've kind of danced around the subject probably a little too much, and it's my fault. Probably like one hundred and ten percent of it. It's good information. Though. It's good information. <laughs> it is. Oh, thank you for that. I appreciate that. And yes, it's something for people to debate about, enjoy, and laugh about as well. <laughs> and uh, if uh, another thing, if uh, Khan's stay here is depending on Rubio, yes, I think he's on his way out. And seeing as how Adelman, Adelman, his contract is for a while, and, and Khan's yeah. is only for one year, so this is a make or break. David Khan was signed to a three-year contract, and this is year number three, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> Rick Adelman officially has more power with the Timberwolves organization than David Kahn, doesn't he? Yeah. He does. And I mean, I, and I guess that's been discussed in other shows and in the newspaper, but, I mean, you know, we come up to the same conclusion when you look at the big picture. It's not because we're riding the coattails of the newspapers or of radio shows. It's just we look at it ourselves and see it the same way. You yeah. know, I mean, you, we, could, we could disagree with the newspaper, <laughs> You know, obviously, different newspapers come up with different stories, <laughs> like Wojnowski and Jerry Zagoda and, and others. Um, 
officially the most powerful member of the Timberwolves organization is Rick Edelman, outside of the owner himself. I think, yeah. It's this is Rick Edelman's team now, isn't it? It is. And that's a good thing. I think Ad- Edelman <laughs> wanted that to be made clear when he first got here. That could be what the delay was, because it took a long damn time to, for him to get hired. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it took at least... Was Taylor it? was the one who had to talk to him. To yeah. Come here. I, th- I don't think he would... Uh, you want to discuss it with uh, with Khan. That's that's a that's you know a lot of the like when you read between the lines, it appears that way. Yeah. Um, other people are saying that Khan and him are fine and that there's nothing wrong. I'm sure we're going to hear that on Wednesday, the 28th, when the press conference happens at 1 p.m. Hopefully, you guys are listening to this before you see the press conference. Uh, yeah, that's when the press conference will be. For those of you that might not know that yet, I'm sure it'll be on Timberwolves.com and FSN.com. 1 p.m. Central Time, Rick Adelman introduced his Timberwolves head coach in Target Center. Due to uh, traveling issues, he wasn't around, you know, he's on vacation or something, or was. So, one of those deals. Um, but yeah, the talk was that Khan and, Ram- Khan and Adelman interviewed over the phone, but not in person. And then it's like, finally, here comes Adelman because Glenn Taylor's involved. So, something's up. Something was up with all that. It was pretty complicated. Yeah. <laughs> it was very complicated. Uh, <laughs> the, the other thing you mentioned, too, which was great, like, on episode 69, was when you said, this team, obviously, yeah, obviously they're losing a fortune, but you can't just focus on we need to save money because we're losing money. Sometimes you have to spend a little bit more to improve the product to Im- yeah. to improve everything. Yeah. And that, that was a very accurate thing. We were actually talking about the head coaching situation at the time. And Glenn Taylor gets a little hand, at least for me, yeah. <laughs> for doing that. Um, uh, we, we can't see, we can't be seen as a joke for, you know, for too much longer. Especially with this core of, of young talent we have. Because mm-hmm. if we're a laughing stock while they're here and, yeah. and so soon in their career, we're just going to stunt the growth, and they're not going to, like the, like, just being on a Lakers team, like the Lakers never won a championship for the next five years. Yeah. If you're going to a Lakers team, there's, there's like a feeling that you're going to win anyway, uh-huh. just because you're in the Lakers uniform, uh-huh. and you're in L.A., or the same thing with the Bulls. Yeah, when, when, you know, in, in the good times, yep. When, mm-hmm. Yeah, you just, get, you just get that. Here, there's nothing. There's never been, like, a great coach. I, I, I wouldn't say great. Well, he wasn't great yet. You can debate and, uh, on Flip. Yeah, Flip. Think about Flip. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he's a debatable figure. Great regular, well, very good regular season. Very unimpressive in the postseason. Yeah. And there's been a lot of coaches in this in this, in sports that have been that way. Huh. Yeah, Including we, the Twins manager. <laughs> yeah, we just <laughs> haven't been uh, like a great franchise. We've just never mm-hmm. had the pieces that we needed. Like we yeah. got to the uh, championship, how far we got. That was like mostly off of just like sheer, like well, like will mostly from KG, you but know, the, of getting as far as we got. So the year we got like, to the West Finals. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like we had like a stacked team. It was mostly you know, we yeah. we wanted it bad. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, he had a career year. Garnett the, in two thousand three. I mean, the o two season, o two o three season. Garnett finished second place for MVP. I mean, he was right there. Yeah. But then o three o four, he was clearly the MVP in the game that year. Um, it did help, though. Sam Castell is the most clutch player to ever die yeah. in a Wolves jersey. Yeah. And that, that did help. Spreewell was kind of the opposite. We could, Spreewell's a topic we could really 
talk about forever. That guy. Yeah. That guy. You talk about another psychological disaster. <laughs> That's his name is yeah. Latrell Sprewell. Yeah, but I think if we keep <laughs> these guys for you know for a couple of years, pieces I think they're going to want to stay here, especially with a legit coach. Mm-hmm. You know, owner who's finally showing. Okay, well, I guess I can dish out a couple bucks. Yeah, you know, even though the, we're losing, yep, yeah, to a improve, lot of money. Yeah, right. yeah, to make the team better. In the long run, we're, we're going to be a championship team, I believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I there the pieces do the pieces are absolutely on this team to yeah. be better. At least the word better. How much better we'll see, but they could be significantly better very soon. Actually, uh, I'll get to on who that dep- on who that really hinges on more than anybody. You could probably guess who it is. Um, and I'm already losing track where I was. Uh, shoot, it's more or less. I'll just get to that right now then, because I'm starting to lose track of where I was going. Uh, Ricky Rubio is absolutely the X factor for the future of the, of the current team. At least the current team. Yeah, uh, right now I think he'll be a, a no factor. And that's the scary part. That's the scary part. As coming out of the lockout, we're kind of we're going to kind of merge the lockout and the general Timberwolves thing. We're kind of already and Rick, we're going to still talk about Rick Adelman too. We could kind of yeah. merge all three of these together, really, because yeah. yeah, they're all related. Yeah, especially Rubio and uh, Adelman. Rubio and Adelman, absolutely. But first, we're going to take a quick break. We'll give you listeners a little break here. We'll be right back right after this. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 70, which is always is a reminder for iPod users and other MP3 players, because you can have any MP3 player in the world and listen to Timberwolves Explosion, as long as you can have any type of USB drive type uh, MP3 player, you can slide the file, you can just download it off the website and slide it right into the the uh, <laughs> the folder for the MP3 player, it's more simple than people like to make it sometimes. Um, Oh, and I did lo- regain what I lost. You know, and I was going to. I regained it during the break. That uh, I was going to say that. Yeah, Glenn Taylor's not really known to be a. Was never really a full blown tightwad. Really, I mean, he paid a lot of money to Garnett and other guys like Wally Zerbiak and Terrell yeah. Brandon and guys like that. He spent money, but of course, in the wrong places. Yeah. Um, and understandable about the financial situation of the team losing twenty million. You don't want to look at it as well. We better stop spending when we're losing twenty million because you're going to constantly lose twenty million if you're not putting people in the seats. So you need to make an investment into something, a wise investment into a coach like Rick Adelman, and of course making maybe being as aggressive as this franchise was after Ricky Rubio. So again, the success of the current team and possibly long term depends on two guys with the name Rick. <laughs> Rick Edelman and Ricky Rubio, like you were kind of leading into right before the break. So well, because you segue things so well. Yeah. Look at you. Rick Edelman, Ricky Rubio, that's what it's about, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of worried about, because no, Edelman uh, prefers a uh, point guard who can shoot the three. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. <laughs> as far as what we've seen with him using uh, Rubio and, uh, and White Chocolate. Oh yeah, I mean you got guys like 
Yeah, I mean, White Chocolate could hit the three-pointer. Mike Bibby could hit the three-pointer. That's, of course, the Sacramento Kings era. Those guys were three-point specialists. Orlando, well, Terry Porter was a pretty good three-point shooter, wasn't he? Yeah. He was a ridiculous three-point shooter. He was in a three-point contest every year back then. Um, oh, my good old Terry Porter. There he is as a blazer, you know, <laughs> back in the background. But uh, Ricky Rubio shooting threes. I don't know yeah. about that, huh? You know who fits that bill? Hmm? You know who fits that bill? Who's that? Who's that? Luke. Yeah, that's the funny part, isn't it? That's the funny part, isn't it? Luke Rittenauer can shoot threes. Just Mr. Adelman, you're a great coach, and we know you are. Or at least, yeah, he's a great coach. I just hope he is here, but I'm sure he will be. Just as long as Ruby or Rubio Rittenauer is shooting threes and not yeah. hanging on to the basketball. Yeah, I, I don't think they'll happen <laughs> with uh, Adelman, though. He'll probably kill him, won't he? Yeah. Adelman would kill Rubio, I think, if he, or Rittenauer, excuse me, if he's going to constantly be trying to be Michael Jordan, yeah. <laughs> you know, trying to penetrate to the basket. Yeah, at the end of games. Or, yeah, or those pull-up pull up jumpers. That's not Luke Ridenour's game. Luke Ridenour, at the age of 29, should have an idea what his role on a team should be. I mean, you're not the number one option, especially late in the game, Mr. Ridenour. I don't know what he was doing several times. Again, that's one of the main reasons I wanted Rambis gone because he could not seem to get his players to change their behavior. Yeah. I mean, it's if you can't get your players to change, like some uh, to change blatant, yeah, yeah, poor decision making skills, you can't seem to get that to change even a little bit. You're not a good coach. You're just not. I mean, you, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I've seen. Uh, um Wayne Ellington go in for a layup and get blocked one too many times. One too many, yep. And at some point, you would think the coach would say, all right, don't do that. Don't do that. Please stop but, doing it. Please. Yeah, it seemed like <sighs> like uh, Kurt was just a, a, uh, a horrible substitute teacher, and yeah. no one respected him. That's what it seems like, doesn't it? It's like you yeah. look at it that way. You know how, yeah, like the whole thing with Ramis didn't respect Khan. Well, maybe the players didn't respect Rambus. You know, maybe yeah. it's a, it comes full circle, doesn't it? Yeah. And probably Khan and Rambus and the players don't respect Taylor. <laughs> you put it all together, it's a big tornado of of okay. I almost said the word. I almost said uh, s s word, four letter s word. It's but it, it kind of is uh, okay. And I'm really sorry, those of you out there that are long devoted Timberwolves fans. I love this team. I love this team even more than you do. Yeah, I'm saying that with full confidence. I love this team so much, you wouldn't even believe how much I'm into this team and how closely I follow this team and how my eyes light up any time. I almost said something really bad. Holy cow. Those fudge knuckers on KFAN never talk about the Timberwolves. Ever, 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 ever. But when they actually talk about them, my eyes light up and I jump to the TV screen. But gosh dang it, with all that said, I can criticize this team all I want. <laughs> dang it. And it's not because I can do whatever I want, but because I'm extremely frustrated with the way things tend to go. And yes, I apologize for some of the words. I mean, I just kind of made up a word as I go because of the frustration that, yeah, some fudge knuckers. <laughs> it's just kind of a made-up word. Like, uh, Angry Video Game Nerd makes up words, let's just say, on his show, and I make up mine. That's And... Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't say that. So those of you out there that might be a little bit wondering what the heck that's all about, 
Sorry. But, um, no, the frustration level with the management of the team, yeah, very evident, despite how much I love them. But that's probably because I love them, because I want to get better. Right. And I'm talking way too much again, even though this is about it's talking. It's good information. It's good information. Yeah, thank you. I do appreciate it. Um, so where do we go from here? Uh, the lockout, well. Apparently nowhere above, since no, we're already at the bottom. When it comes to the lockout, <laughs> or, or the Wolves, you mean? Uh, the Wolves. Yeah, the Wolves. I mean, we got to... I think there is up. Uh, obviously, there is. You got the. It's gotta be. Yeah. It's I mean, gotta be. How many games did we win last year? Seventeen. Take it if we didn't go up. Yeah. How the hell could we not win eighteen? No. Okay. How the if the Wolves don't win twenty five, in the you know well or the equivalent of twenty five being we don't know how long the season's going to be, <laughs> the percentage whatever. If the Wolves win winning percentage, we'll just leave it at that. Doesn't improve significantly next year. I'm going to be pretty surprised. <laughs> you have a real coach this time, so we would like to believe. And we have an enormous. We're not, yeah, we're not the the '90s Bulls, but we have an enormous amount of talent on this roster. We do. Kevin loves the best rebounder in basketball. Michael Beasley's a 20 plus yeah. game guy. Uh, Wesley Johnson, which. We're going to say this right now. I hope you're listening, Max. <laughs> Your young cousin, Max. And, of course, you know, he's my friend as well. Yep, Max. <laughs> I, I hope you're listening. He said something. I can't believe he said it. What's that? He said that Wesley Johnson's already reached his ceiling. What do you think of that? What? <laughs> yeah. Matt Wesley Johnson's already reached his ceiling. He only no. averaged like 9, 10 points a game last year. He's pretty good. He, I wish he was a lot more aggressive. Like certain games like when we played against the Lakers, mm-hmm. and Amazing. I think it's because he trained with Kobe that he was finally putting some effort in mm-hmm. and being a whole, whole whole lot more aggressive. Yeah. He was pretty amazing against L.A. Uh, clearly the guy has a ton of talent, I think. Yeah. yeah. And it's like we, we said it pretty much was it within the first month or so. The Timberwolves made the right decision with oh, that yeah. pick. Yeah. Congratulations, David Kahn. You get some some uh, some props for that. Wesley Johnson, fourth overall, great pick. You know, Demarcus Cousins has a chance to be very good as well. But Wesley Johnson might be uh, a real legit piece here. Yeah. In fact, I think he is. He's not Jordan, but he's he might be Pippen, maybe. Yeah. He's he's got some Pippen qualities, which you Definitely. like to mention. Yeah. 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 Actually, talk about that a little bit. Maybe his Pippen qualities. Well, his defense, I think uh, with his arm length, he can do that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he's, he's he's willing to become a defensive stopper. He kind of has that He has that look to him. That's, there's no doubt about it. When you see him play, yeah, he certainly can hit the outside shot. And when he gets aggressive to that basket, that's kind of a little bit Pippen offensively. You know, Pippen isn't this 40-point guy. He never was. He was more of a upper teens, low 20s guy. Which I think Wesley Johnson has in his future. His crystal ball, yeah. I think, he's going to be a twenty, uh, upper twenty, lower, ugh, upper teen, lower twenty guy. I think when he does really reach his true ceiling. So yeah, Max, we we love you. <laughs> oh, you know, I I wish they recorded the debate between you and him about Westbrook. Oh my God, that would have been classic fodder. That would have been great fodder for not just a flat out basketball show, which. Timberwolves explosion is can be both, but Timberwolves and just basketball in general too, because we like to wander into other topics across the league. That was an awesome conversation, though. And Matt, Max would be a welcome addition to this show someday if you're listening. 
Yeah, he'd be fun to have on, wouldn't he? Maybe a little, a little triangle. Yeah, a little triangle of power. But uh, the lockout, the lockout, the lockout. Aren't you excited that the lockout is still going? And you know what they always like to do in these lockouts? They like to get our hopes up. <laughs> Did you ever notice yeah. that? Yeah, especially like, the uh, Fisher was saying that uh, progress. But yes, leave it to Fisher too, a guy we just disdain as a player. Yeah, right? Yeah. As a player, as we a just... Player. As a player. Yeah, I mean... We're, like, we're making progress, and supposedly he secretly told the players, oh, get in shape, for get ready for training camp. Supposedly he said that. It was, like, that in uh, Real GM or Yahoo. I think it was Yahoo. I suppose that was, like, a rumor that he said that, like, hey, get, get ready, you know? And then it's just kind of starting to hit a wall here. They said the... At least they're talking, though. I mean, I'll give them that much. At least they've been consistent about talking. But now they're saying negotiations are going slow. And they have canceled 43 preseason games and postponed training camp. The damage Mm -hmm. is beginning. The floodwaters are starting to come into the basement, Marcus. Once Once they reach the first floor, the season's over. So let's just yeah. once the once the flood water reaches the first floor, the season's over. So it's just starting to trickle into the basement. It's it's early still, but it's the damage is beginning, and it sucks. It sucks. Um. <laughs> so now what's going to happen? You know, I mean, we already talked about the guys that come into. Some guys are going to come in in better shape than ever. Some guys might come in really out of shape and. Last time there was a lockout, there were casualties. And obviously, no, people weren't dying, but their careers were dying because either either didn't practice enough and their career went down the toilet, or they were guys who were kind of bubble roster spot guys who were cap or were uh, lockout casualties. Like Anthony Goldwire. I don't know how I can remember his name. That's how big of an NBA fan I am. But he was looked down as a solid backup point guard in the league. But after the lockout, for whatever reason, hmm. that was the end of him. He just kind of faded, the poor guy. He became a 10-day 10 10 contract. Remember that type of player? That's our famous thing. Yeah, like like we talked about earlier, the uh, being in shape part. It's huge. I'm glad that there's a lot of Wolves out there, Wolves players who are uh, still playing right now. They're participating. That is yeah. humongous. You know, All the important ones are participating. The, yeah. the big four, we'll call it. Uh, one of them is not. Oh, well, maybe he is. I don't know. Darko. <laughs> I don't even want to talk. Oh, okay, go ahead. I think you he, Darko's to. doing a, uh, <laughs> I hate like a rocky type uh, training, you know, in the woods. Mm-hmm. You know, he might be. I hope he's doing something. I almost said I hate him. You could probably almost do that under your breath here, you know, but posting up trees and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that's he's slow enough that the tree might block him, right? <laughs> it just might. Oh <laughs> man, you know, he's so slow. Yeah, he is. <laughs> His, his baby hook sometimes hits the side of the wrong side of the backboard. I was listening yeah. to an old show a few weeks ago. That was funny. I forgot about that. It, gets, it was like a game against Dallas. You know how you're trying to go glass, right? His shot was so off it hit the wrong side of the backboard, meaning the rim. Like, say you're shooting from the left side, you want the ball to hit the left side of the backboard and bounce in, right? Uh-huh. Well, it hit the right side of the backboard. It was so <laughs> off. It's like Darko. Oh my god, Darko, how could you be that bad? That is a joke. A complete joke. It's like, are you serious, man? <laughs> but no, um, we'll see what happens there. I have no idea. Maybe he'll be a, a, a casualty of this thing. Who, who knows? But the big four, 
Williams, Rubio, guys like that, uh, Love and Beastly are all participating in various uh, basketball camps, basketball leagues, whatever, all over the place. And props to them. Thank God for that, right? You gotta like it. Yeah. Yeah, like we that. have yeah Rubio, Johnson, Wesley Beasley, too. Yep. Yeah, Beasley, Williams, and Love. That's five guys. I said four. Whoops. Yeah, that's that's huge. Yeah, it is five guys. That's crazy. Three forwards and two guards, or guard forward and, and uh. Well, Love's doing Wesley. volleyball, but. <laughs> <laughs> but. At least he's in shape. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's what we're trying to say. You know, he's staying active. That, that's what that's what we want. Please we don't, don't want, we don't want a bunch of uh, Currys coming coming back. Uh, yeah, and, uh, Eddie. Yes, that's the thing. Yep, Eddie Currys. Are, uh, there will be some Eddie Currys coming back from his lockout. There will be. Oh yeah. Like in football, there was a Eddie Curry for the Vikings. You guys out there that are football fans, you know who Bryant McKinney is. He's probably his playing weight's maybe three thirty, and he showed up around four hundred, <laughs> and that's in pounds, of course. Um, and he was a casualty, at least of the roster. Going up with Baltimore Ravens, and we'll see what happens there. But <laughs> we'll, you know, Purple Mafia is available on the SportsStuff.com and iTunes. It's a Minnesota Viking podcast. I'd like you to check that out, SportsStuff.com and iTunes. But uh, this kind of thing does happen. Right now, the good news is I don't really see anybody on the Wolves roster being like that. But we might see some pretty established veteran-type players out there in this game. They will come back out of shape and not as good. I mean, Vin Baker of the Seattle Supersonics did the same thing that the guy he was traded for, Sean Kemp, did during the 99 lockout. It just didn't turn out very pretty for those guys. It really didn't indeed. With that, anything else you want to say about the lockout, or are you kind of... I uh, hope it ends soon. I, I do, too. I'm it's, too excited. I just want to see what's going to happen with it, with all this. Yeah. Especially Williams. We got all this momentum coming into the Minnesota Timberwolves. You got three yeah. huge pieces coming into this organization, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Ricky Rubio, who had an awesome little press conference when he came here. I mean, regardless of what you might see on the court in Spain, which isn't very positive right now at, so, all. at all, at all. I mean, it's like wow, it's horrible. Weird. It's horrible. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? I'm shaking my head right now. You can't see me, but it's that horrible. Yeah, yep, yep, and that's that's classic radio right there where you, where you kind of describe what you're doing. Yep, because you have to because you can't see them. But um, it is it is going to be interesting to see just how much of an improvement this young point guard can bring to this roster. And you also bring in the number two overall pick in Derek Williams, who has a chance to be absolutely the bomb. Uh, and, of course, the head coach. Um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun to see just how much better this team is gonna be. But it's a thing. It's like it's just f- classic Minnesota sports luck, isn't it? You bring in all this, finally some potential buzz around an organization that's been through some really tough times. Yeah, <laughs> some really tough times for a very sustained period. I mean, they trade away Garnett. About seventy-five percent of the fan base just flat out goes dormant, and it, it frustrated the living crap out of me just how dormant mm. the fan base went. But now, finally, here we go—the Rubio Revolution. Mm. Then you also have the number two pick with a guy that who knows how good Derek Williams can be. 
who knows how good he's going to be. You, you, you never know. You never know. And then you bring in the first truly flat-out legitimate NBA Finals coach to this yeah. team. I mean, he is a legitimate yeah. NBA coach, finally. That, that, that's exciting. And we're dying. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, I might sound, sound a little crazy here, but uh-huh. uh, yeah. I'm looking more forward to seeing what Lee can do, Michael Lee, than Rubio, what, what uh, Rubio can do. Malcolm Lee? Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting thought. Tell, tell us what your... Uh, I don't know. I just, is. with Rubio, I'm not putting too much into it because, mm-hmm. again... Watching Wolves games, I have high blood pressure. Yeah, and I'm t- <laughs> tired of being let we, down. So mm-hmm. I'm not even. Rubio is just. I, I see him as just a. Uh, he has potential, and that's mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing him as a savior. No, that that kind of sees him as. Yeah, I just I just see Lee right now having more NBA potential. This guy, this guy. Uh, really, it's just me. Yeah, and I'm also uh, excited about our Randolph. Oh, that's the other. Yeah, I already put on some more muscle. No, really, actually, this time he did instead of Warriors. Uh, the next player saying he put, he's putting on muscle. Yeah, he it's it's the real thing. Yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah, that, that's the other guy too. That it's kind of getting lost in the shuffle because of all this other buzz. Ah, uh, and that's good that you brought him up, <laughs> Anthony Randolph. Now, a lot of magazines and stuff list him as one of the promising players on this roster, and the Star Tribune did it an awful lot as well. But, yeah, most of the radio shows and stuff out there that actually talk about the Wolves once in a... They talk about the Wolves... I mean, we could have three Timberwolves Explosion shows, and you'll get more Timberwolves basketball. You know, you could have three Timberwolves Explosion shows a year, and you'll probably get more Timberwolves basketball than KFAN offers. <laughs> and I'm sorry, those of you out there, they don't really talk Wolves at all. Yeah, they so, don't. They don't, and it frustrates me. But, um, and sorry for calling them what I did. I like the station, but I hate the fact they don't talk wolves. But yeah, I mean, I was digressing way too much. So I'll get back to Anthony Randolph. Um, yeah, the guy has immense potential. Yeah. His athletic ability is amazing, quite frankly. And like we were talking about in earlier episodes, you were like, Kevin Love who? When yeah, <laughs> Kevin Love yeah, was hurt and Randolph exactly. started. Yep. Yeah. Hmm? Basically the same stats. A little less, uh, a little bit less rebounding, rebounding yeah, <laughs> but more shot blocking and, and defense. Yeah, the guy you, when you add a little bit of defense to a team that needs defense so badly. Oh my God, does this team need defense? That's a that's an awesome addition to the team. That was a great trade. I mean, <laughs> we can make fun of David Kahn a million times, and there's so much material to make fun of David Kahn, including the hypocrisy in the newspaper yeah. about the Portland Trailblazers organization and now the current organization that he. Uh, was hired to run, even though he may not be qualified in that area. Uh, more of a business and, and sports writer type, probably than a player management type. But he's made some pretty. He's made some excellent moves, though, along the way. The drafting of Wesley Johnson was an excellent move. Uh, trading for two for second round picks for Beasley. Beasley's a loose cannon, but he's he's very he is very talented. Uh, <laughs> the Anthony Randolph trade. He might be sort of a loose cannon, but not really. He's uh he's pretty good. Yeah. He, he's not really as much of a loose cannon as Beasley, and uh, he can play, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I wish that he Great was trend. playing in more of the uh, the uh, like the Drew leagues that uh, Kevin Durant and Beasley are playing in. Yeah, well, that'd be nice. Yeah, because this is his chance to knock uh, 
uh, Darko out of the uh, starting center position. It's, a sm- it's an opportunity if the guy, he does need to bulk up. I mean, that's the one yeah. thing Darko has in his favor Yeah, is muscle. Yeah, and I heard <laughs> that's what big. Randolph is, uh, was doing. Because if, if I was his agent, as soon as the Wolves pick Williams, I'll say, okay, there's no time for you at uh, at power forward. Mm-hmm. you got to be center now. He, or at least, yeah, try to play some center. I mean, yeah. at least you're going to have to fit into the position. Especially, yeah, I mean, this isn't the day and age of, you know, like I've said a thousand times, well, a certain 350-pound guy isn't in the league anymore because he's going to be behind the microphone. Yeah. So that's yeah. one less guy to, like, worry about getting your back broke yeah. <laughs> or your wrist broke. Yeah, there's Dwight Howard, but Dwight Howard isn't seven foot. Yeah. Um, Amari is not seven foot. Al Jefferson's not seven foot. It just goes on and on and on. There aren't really the classic, stereotypical, well, you know, good old day centers yeah. anymore. The Robinsons, Ewings. You can be a little bit undersized and be a successful yeah. center in this game. Yeah, especially with uh, Randolph's uh, ability to play above the rim. Yeah. He's, block shots, you know. I think he'll be able to stop uh, Dwight. Not not every not time. Not major, yeah. obviously. Not physically, but yeah, you can slow him down. At least at least throw his shots off. Yeah, maybe knock the ball out of his hand a little bit. Yeah. Be a be a pest. Yeah, yeah. That's the key right yeah. there. Yep, be a pest. I think he can be a pest, and um, that's his that's his deal. That his, that's that's what he can be for this team, and. Um, Again, props to David Kahn for that move. He has made some excellent moves, believe it or not. The drafting of Wesley Johnson probably the best because he was he he really had a lot of us against him on that one and he won. <laughs> David Kahn won that argument so far. Unless Demarcus Cousins turns out to be the next uh Dwight. <laughs> Who knows, maybe he will, but I doubt it. Um Anthony Randolph trade though, awesome. I, I I think it's an awesome move. He really all we gave up was pretty much Corey Brewer, right? We didn't really give up much to get him, really at all. Oh yeah, we got rid of Kufos. I think we got yeah. a pick back, didn't we? Um, I remember. Sure I I think we did get a pick of some kind in return. Uh, let's just hope we're not going to use it to get cash again. <laughs> yeah, and the good thing about the pick, yeah. I hope we give the uh, Clippers like a eighth pick. Oh, that too. Yep, that's the other thing. That's the other thing. We can kind of close and, the show and, with this. And yeah, let's, actually, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'm not sure of this, but do you know, I'm not sure if we if they even will get our pick if there's no season. Oh, I, I, if, I don't know how that works. <laughs> that would be fantastic if that was the case, but I think it'll be retroactive to what season exists, if you know what I mean. Well, then again, I that would be the funniest thing ever. If the season got canceled, <laughs> and it's like, sorry, that was yeah, that counts. Yeah, you said you know, because <laughs> they they did a very mean thing in the NHL. They did a, something really mean in the National Hockey League. Uh, cruel, cruel thing they pulled. Um, remember, was it 0405? The NHL season ended up being completely canceled due to that lockout, mm-hmm. and players that had a three-year contract that counted as a year. Guess what? You only have two years left in your deal. Like that's cruel, isn't oh. it? They didn't get paid for that whole year. The NHL got out of it. That's cruel. So, if that counts as a draft pick, that would be awesome if those got out of that. Yeah, because in the <coughs> excuse me, I'm yeah, coughing. In, in the in the tree, it doesn't say after four years you get our pick. Mm-hmm. You know, after four years of playing, it yeah. says the date. Mm. Ooh, I don't know. Wouldn't that you be know? great? I'm guessing it counts as seasons, but I'm gu- I'm guessing. We'll see, but that would be the funniest thing ever. But yeah. 
regardless. Uh, wishful thinking. Cause I, cause wishful I thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. I mean, and if we're, I mean, it's probably he's probably whoever he is. He's probably not as good as people are excited in the NFL about the quarterback Andrew Luck. Like, let's suck for luck. You know, uh, um, the suck for luck sweepstakes, such as the NFL. Andrew Luck, quarterback of somebody. No, I'm just kidding. But um, it's because this is not a football show, which I'm, I'm already screwing the thing up by doing it myself. Sorry about that. But um, uh, ninety, let's say ninety percent chance it's probably going to the Clippers because it's probably still counts. Yeah, we're not going to be that bad, so they're not going to get that great of a pick. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Let's let's compete. Let's win some basketball games this yeah. year, so we don't have to sweat out the fact that. Oh, I mean, not the fact, the possibility of. Oh boy, they just yeah, got. Oh yeah, you we're know. tanking for. Uh, <laughs> you know, a good player. Yeah, I'm like maybe they just got the next Paul Pierce at minimum, or the next Garnett, or the next Pippen. You know, that would suck, wouldn't it? Well, we're just sitting, you know, here, winning 23 games. You know, I, I don't want that to happen again. Let's just go out and kick some butt. And give them the 11th or 12th pick, and they get another Wayne Ellington. You know, let's just leave it at that. We can we can live with that possibility, right? Even though it did get us Marco Yarich. Oh, that was an awesome trade by Mikhail. Awesome. But I mean, I gotta admit, I even thought when Yarich before he got hurt, he was mm-hmm. like he had like Nash type assists. Yeah, assists and stealing and uh, steals. Yeah, he had some. It looked like he had value. It's just unfortunately when he came here, whatever we saw disappeared. And we did see it, but it went away. So really, uh, yeah, and the other last player really quick, obviously Kevin McHale did make up for it with a fantastic trade to get Kevin Love. It wasn't popular at the time at all, but with by, by two years in, we started realizing, oh my god, McHale actually did something majorly right here. Not only got cap space, but he even got the better player between Kevin Love and O.J. Mayo, who I still do, would, we still would like to see on this team. In a different move. Not for Kevin Love, but for someone else. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. In, in closing, yeah, anything you got to add? Um, or would no, like to I add? I pretty much got everything uh, off my chest there. Yeah, this is a fun show. About a 90-minute deal. Almost 90 minutes. It'll probably be about that by the time I'm done with the contact details. Uh, this was a this was a blast yet again. I hope to have you on more and more often. Yeah, sometimes tough to book this guy, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, schedules... Get in the way. I mean, no, I'm so I popular, could, you know. Yes, he's popular, and I'm popular, and and we work. Uh, yeah, the, the schedule is just so difficult. My schedule, my work schedule sucks big time sometimes, and it's a lot of everything. But uh, hey, this show is just an absolute joy to me. It is the, you know, it is like the most. It, it is my absolute pride and joy. Tim Rolls Explosion. My favorite thing. Pretty much my favorite thing to do is come in here and talk about the wolves. I mean, I always would get so frustrated when those stations in this town would not talk wolves. So it's like, doggone it, let's do it. Let's, 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 let's be that little, let's be that little beacon for wolves fans that are just dying to hear Timberwolves talk on the radio. And uh, well, uh, I guess I'm a little hypocritical by I was hypocritical by not being more available this summer. But I guess the biggest excuse of all is a stupid lockout. But when that lockout ends, it's going to be a free agent frenzy, and we can't wait, can't we? <laughs> Isn't that going to be fun? Yeah, but I don't know if we're even going to have enough money for that. We'll have the cap space, but I don't know. I don't know who's going to come and who isn't, but at uh, least there's something. I think we, we're going to have to trade uh, uh, um, Pekovich. Somebody's going to have to go. And, yeah, I mean, there will be players that are not here in the, in the future, possibly Darko. 
Darko or yeah. Peck. I think one of those guys will be gone. Yeah, I can see that. Maybe Luke Ridnour is gone. Maybe Wayne Ellington has gone. There will be changes, and we can't wait until that free agent frenzy does come, and we hope it comes sooner than later. And I'd love to have you on again I'll for season preview. Uh, will you do that? Like when the lockout yeah. does end, you'll be back, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's your Definitely. announcement. Because, uh, yeah, that, that's tradition. That's one thing that has been an absolute tradition for this show. Marcus the Forecaster, available and on on lawn and on demand. <laughs> on Drimble's Explosion for the season preview. It'll be the fourth season already for season preview. Won't, won't that be something? That's how long we've already been doing Wolves Explosion. That's weird, huh? So, uh, oh, a few contact details. I forgot to even talk about the tw- uh, Facebook group. Uh, excuse me, Facebook. Uh, I created a Facebook page now. Uh, look it up in the in Facebook, of course. Look up the Minnesota Timberwolves or Timberwolves Explosion, Minnesota Timberwolves. Look that up. There are two options now: the Facebook page and the Facebook group. Please do go to the Facebook page because that's a new creation that I'd like to have. Uh, go there and click like. Go onto the page and click like. It'll say company underneath it. There's Timberwolves Explosion group and Timberwolves Explosion page. Go to the page, please. I'd appreciate that. Click like, the more the merrier. Then I could finally say facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion instead of just uh, having you look it up in the space bar. I, I need more uh, likes on the page before I can say that. Also, there's a Twitter account, twitter.com forward slash Wolves Explosion, since Timberwolves Explosion doesn't fit, <laughs> to face uh, twitter.com forward slash Wolves Explosion. Don't forget about the message boards on the sportsstuff.com. Do join those pages. Do join those boards. Go to the website. TheSportsStuff.com. Click on the button in the upper right-hand corner that says TSS Boards. Then register. And uh, there are a lot of NBA fans on that website that, that uh, you will really enjoy talking to. I mean, there's some fun guys in there. Rusty Pmac, who in particular do uh, the, the crossover podcast, which is available also on the TheSportsStuff.com and on iTunes. They are awesome. I mean... There's there's two great duos that do NBA podcasts on that website, and uh, you know, <laughs> well, I think me and the Forecaster Marcus the Forecaster are a fantastic duo. Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster are a fantastic duo, but so are Rusty and P Mac, and uh, both shows are fairly long because we like to interact when we do our shows. Um, go to that show, do check it out. You will love it. So there you go. There's some free plugs for you, Rusty and P Mac. <laughs> And there's other guys out there that love to talk basketball, including Aussie Wolf, who also talks on Facebook.com as well. Thank you, all of you, for participating in the past, present, and future. Thank you all so very much. So until the next show, which we hope is sooner than later, we will bid adieu. Do take care, everybody. Go Timberwolves, and thank God for Rick Adelman. <laughs>